Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. When I was about 13 years of age, for Christmas, I got a, a rifle. It was a pellet gun. And my friend had one as well, and so we would go out sometimes in the, in the woods, and we would make these targets, and, and we would shoot at them. It was always a lot of fun. And then a little bit later, uh, when I got a little older, I was trying to do some bow and arrow. And we, again, we would have the bow, we'd get the arrow all set up, and we'd try to hit uh, the bullseye. It was always a lot of fun. But let me tell you, when the target is placed on you, <laughs> things change. When you become the target, all the fun completely uh, disappears. I want to talk to you this morning about becoming a target. Like when the arrow is aimed at you, when the arrow of uh, discouragement is aimed at you, when the arrow of anxiety is aimed at you, when the arrow of fear is aimed at you, when the uh, arrow of worry is aimed at you, when the uh, arrow of despair and um, depression and frustration and uncertainty is aimed at you. When you feel like you're under attack, what are we supposed to do? What are we to do when we're under attack? I, I've heard people say during this uh, time of the coronavirus, they feel like they're, they're under attack with this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. You know, we're isolated in our homes, we can't see our friends, we can't see our families, and all of a sudden some of these raw emotions begin to surface up, and it's almost like, it's like we're under this attack. And that's the sense that so many people are feeling during this coronavirus, that we're kind of under attack. Well, you know, it's interesting. The Bible actually talks about that we have an enemy who really is waiting for the right moment uh, to attack, the, the appropriate time. It's an enemy who would love to take each and one of us out. So let's look and see what the Bible has to say about the, our enemy who makes us like a target practice. So if you have your Bibles, I hope you do. And uh, you can follow along. You can read along with me if you like. Uh, but we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 5. To the elders among you, I, I, appeal, you, I appeal as a, a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's suffering, and, and one who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. Not because you must, but because you're willing. As God wants you to be. Not greedy for money but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the, Christ, uh, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, clothe yourself with humility towards one another because, well, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. We're in this together. I, I love when I read that. We're in this together. We don't face the enemy uh, on our own. We're in it together. And then it goes on to say, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, 
firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. ever. We have an enemy. And he roams, seeking what life he can destroy. Seeking what family he can tear apart. Seeking what future he can ruin. Seeking a church that he can divide. Seeking a city that he can create chaos. Seeking a country that he can create havoc. Looking for an addiction that he can plant into a teenager's life that would ruin his future. Our enemy, the devil, he's busy. Oh, he is active. He's in overdrive. He's got the pedal to the metal like he was a a Daytona 500 race car driver. He's a long-distance runner with the speed of a sprinter. And the thing is, you don't have to be just a preacher to have the devil on your tail. I I heard this a while ago. I I love what Stephen Furtick uh, said. He said, um, the birthmark of every Christian, the birthmark of every believer is a bullseye. It's like we're used as target practice uh, by our enemy. It's true that we're born into this living hope, but we also have this eternal uh, struggle. It's a real battle when we decide to be a follower of Jesus. Not just a fan of Jesus, but I'm talking about when you decide to be a follower of Jesus. It becomes a real battle. In fact, I've told many people after they've gotten baptized, be prepared that the enemy is going to probably try to attack you this week. He's going to try to prove you wrong that what you said publicly as a follower of Jesus is not true. And so I always warn people when they make that public profession uh, during baptism. Well, there are those seasons that we feel like we are, that we're under attack. Now, I think sometimes we, we blame maybe the devil a little too much. We give him too much credit, too much re- responsibility when things aren't going well in our life. You know, I'll hear somebody say, oh, I feel like I'm under so much attack. Like last night I was watching my favorite TV program and, and the streaming was so slow, all I could see was the wheel. Like I feel so under attack. Maybe your modem's not working. Maybe you have a lousy uh, cable provider. But it's probably not the devil. You know, someone says, I I feel so under attack. I plugged into my computer last night, and when I woke up this morning, it wasn't fully charged. Feel so under attack. No. Uh, Probably you didn't plug in your cord properly, or maybe your cord um, doesn't work. Or, you know, I feel so under attack. I got a big dent in my car last night. Is it because you changed lanes without looking? But all seriousness, there are times, right, that we feel like we are under attack. And I understand that's a little bit of Christian talk. Maybe you're watching here this morning and you're not a Christian. You don't even believe God. You would say, I feel like my life is falling apart. That's how you would say it. But as Christians, there are times that we just feel like we are under attack. And he's not just after preachers. He's after doctors and lawyers and businessmen and construction workers and uh, crew members at the refinery and um, teenagers and and stay-at-home moms and, and college students. He's roaming and seeking to see who he can devour. And maybe, just maybe, he's got, he's aiming at us during this season. I think, I really think that as we find ourselves in this coronavirus season, this crisis, which by the way seems to be getting worse and worse, especially now that we have confirmed cases in our very own city of Sarnia, what happens is the fear begins to ramp up, the anxiety begins to ramp up, the uncertainty, the depression, the desire sometimes for drugs and alcohol just to soothe our emotions. And I really think the enemy would love to be able to use this season, this crisis, to pull us down. 
Now, one of the things I, I, I noticed, and I kind of actually appreciate it, when it said, uh, talked about the, the devil being a, a roaring lion, which means that he can't sneak up on you. He's got a roar. I don't know if you've ever been at a circus or a zoo and you happen to walk by the cage uh, where the lions were and they roar. It kind of is a little bit unnerving. And so you might think that Peter would say, when you hear the roar of the lion, <laughs> run for the hills. Tie up those runners and run for your life because the lion is roaring. That seems like reasonable advice to me. Run, baby, run. But that's not what Peter says. Peter says, resist him and stand firm. How in the world am I supposed to resist and stand firm when I got a lion roaring at me? That's a great question. I think verse 6 of this chapter is helpful in knowing how to do that. It says, humble yourself in the sight of God so that he may lift you up in due time. Humble yourself under the almighty hand of God so in due season he will lift you up. Uh, Peter knows uh, this hand of God. He's lived long enough to see the invisible hand of God at work, this almighty hand. And those dealing with anxiety and, and, and uh, disappointment and depression and, and devastating news and fear and, and, and you're crying yourself to sleep at night and, and you feel like you're all alone, those moments of uncertainty, we're told that under the almighty hand of God there's a time coming that he will lift us up. In Matthew chapter 14, Peter, there's a story about Peter actually walking on water. Peter and his disciples, they're in a boat and a storm comes. Last week we talked about a storm. This is a completely different story because Jesus is actually not in the boat. It's just Peter and the disciples. And, and the wind comes out of nowhere and there's a storm that is happening and the, the boat is being tossed back and forth and in a distance they see something. They don't know what it is. They, all of a sudden it gets a little closer and they think it's someone and they exclaim, it's a ghost. And then Peter looks a little closer and like, it looks like Jesus. And in the story, Peter uh, jumps out of the boat and becomes a water walker. And he's walking towards Jesus, but then all of a sudden, he looks around at the wind and, and, and the water and his circumstances, and guess what? He begins to go down. It's like he's going to get ready to drown. And immediately, we find in Matthew chapter 14, verse 31, it says, Jesus reached out his hand. He took Peter's hand. He was going down. But Peter was in Jesus' hand's grip. And we are in his grip as well. It's true, we may, he may let us suffer for a little bit, but he will not let us stay there. We are in his grip, the grip of Almighty God. So the Bible says, humble yourself, and in due time, he will lift you up. He may allow you to go low enough so you're forced to look up and recognize, oh, you are the one who provides everything that I need. But I realize, you know, there are times when you feel like your enemy is breathing down your neck. You know, you might be listening this morning and you feel like fear has gripped you and your family. You may feel like anxiety is rising up inside of you as this coronavirus has kind of hit our town. You may feel like worry is the only thing left. 
for you to do. And then you read verse 7. And it says, cast all your care on him. All your anxieties, all those fears that have you in a, in a tight hole, like a chokehold. The idea is like being strangled. <laughs> like you can't breathe. He's got your necks so tight. And he says, throw that to him. Give it to him. Don't just slowly pass it. Make it a fast pitch and give it to him. Why would we want to hold on to those things that we do not need to? Why are we doing all that kind of stuff? Holding that on for ourselves. We're loved. Like you're loved. Almighty God loves you. We are under his hand of protection and provision. Now, I'm just going to be a little bit honest with you. I'm going to give you a little peek into my life, which I don't always like to do. But I want to let you know what it's been like these last couple of weeks. I have been struggling like the rest of you. I don't have this all figured out. Um, I have many moments that I let fear and anxiety and worry grip my heart, my soul, my mind. And so this line, is, it's been roaring in my ears, and, and sometimes the roar is so loud, I, I do. I lose focus, and I think it's, uh, well, it's all up to me. I get short-sighted, and I forget that someone is actually walking with me. There's someone walking in the storm actually with us, that I'm not alone. I've never been alone. I never will be alone. But then in due time, God will lift you up. Church family, brothers and sisters, friends who are watching, we're not alone. We've never been alone. We will never be alone. And so that's why Peter says, humble yourself. In the sight of God, under the almighty hand of God, and in due time, he will lift you up. Maybe this morning you're feeling a little inadequate as a parent. Because all of a sudden now you find yourself to be a homeschooler. And you're trying to figure this whole thing out and... You know, your appreciation for professional teachers has really grown because you realize how hard it can be to keep students focused all day long. You know, maybe you're here and you feel so inadequate as a business owner because you're like, these are hard times and you got employees and you, you just don't know what to do. And that voice, that roar keeps saying, you don't have what it takes. I can't do this. You're kidding yourself. I'm not the only one who can take people through this crisis that has gripped this world. I personally had to go to a verse in the Bible that I have known since I've been a child, actually. And I've gone to it because I know it's, it's true. It's, um, I look at my past, and it's helped me. And that's that verse 7 in 1 Peter 5. Cast all your cares, all your worries, all your anxieties, all your fears. Why would I do that? Because God loves because God cares for us. Because God cares for you. Goes on to say, be self-controlled, be alert, because our enemy is roaming around, just waiting for the time, the right time, to pounce on you, to devour you. And no better time for that to happen than during this coronavirus season, when everyone when all of us find ourselves on edge. When everyone has those moments of fear that can sometimes feel like you are left 
paralyzed as to what to do. Verse 5, it says, God opposes the proud, so humble yourself. Jesus himself, obviously the greatest example of humility. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, right? Christ humbled himself, took upon himself the form of a servant of all things. He did not consider robbery to be equal with God. I have quoted verse 7 so many times in my life. I've had it at different times printed and, and hanging on my wall. I, I've had it highlighted in my Bible. And I realize that the sometimes, you know, we have this temptation. I do. We like a verse, and we highlight it, and we kind of pull it out, but we don't know what's in front of it, and we don't know what's behind it. And I don't want to be guilty of us just plopping out a verse of verse 7. When I was, uh, if I read this right, it seems to me in the original language, the Greek language, verse um, 6 and 7 is actually one sentence. As the English translators, we've made it two. It says, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time, period. Next sentence, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's the second sec uh, sentence. It, it may give you the impression, cast all your care on him, but you can still hold on to the pride. No, no, the, see, the two go together. What's happening here, the command actually is not to cast your care on him. The command is actually humble yourself. When you humble yourself, it's natural that the fears and anxieties will just get thrown over to him. Now that word casting in the Greek, the Greek word, it's, it's an aorist tense, which denotes this act of once and for all. Throw your whole life once and for all on him. Your past, your present, your future, because he cares for you. There's a literal picture of this word, uh, of the action being um, played out. It's found actually in Luke chapter 19, verse 35. You, you remember the story um, where Jesus told the disciples to go and find a colt. A colt would be tied up and, and to bring him because Jesus was going to ride that colt into the city of Jerusalem uh, the week before uh, the Passover. And so they went and got the colt, and then it says that they threw, they cast their coats on the colt before Jesus got on the colt. They didn't say that they threw uh, part of their coat or pieces of their coat. No, they threw all of their coats on that colt before Jesus got on it. And it just began to remind me, sometimes we think we just need to the, cast the big burdens on Jesus, but we can keep the small ones ourselves. That's not what we're instructed to do. It says cast it all, the big, the small, the ugly, the demoralizing, the darkest burdens that you carry. Cast them on him. And who better to talk about pride than Peter himself. Remember that story in Mark chapter 14. You know, Peter's having dinner with the other disciples, and he's kind of bragging on himself because he says, Jesus, I will never, ever leave you. I'm your most faithful follower. No matter what happens, you can count on me. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, you know, before the rooster crows twice tomorrow, you will deny me three times. And Peter's like, never. It will never happen. And it did. Peter, you're going to fail. Jesus, but I'm not. Peter, your very best, you're on shaky ground. But I'm the solid rock. And so here we are, years later, Peter writes this letter to the church who are suffering. 
And he just says, hey, we have an enemy. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And maybe, just maybe he's got you in his sight. And his plan is he wants to take us down during this season. So Peter just says, hey, humble yourself under the almighty hand of God. In due season, he will lift you up. So go ahead and cast all those cares on him. I love this, though. It's true. The devil's a lion, and he roars, but he's on a leash. He can only go so far. He can only do so much. So humble yourself in the sight of God. Because I think that's where anxiety begins to stop. Depression maybe begins to stop. Fear begins to stop. When we humble ourselves under the hand of God. I heard this said uh, this week. I thought it was powerful. A preacher down south said, The enemy that we fear today will be our testimony tomorrow. I love that. The enemy that we fear today will be our testimony today. Today we find ourselves gripped with fear because of the coronavirus, this COVID-19. We don't know what to do. We don't know what's happening. Uh, we, we feel so helpless. Uh, the future seems so uncertain. I love that what we fear today, though, tomorrow will become our testimony. Because when this is all over, many of us are going to stand up and say, but God protected me. God brought me through when I was so gripped with fear. The God of all power, the God of all strength, the God of all grace, the God of all provision. So let's call on his name today. Peace over panic, faith over fear, and the word over worry. Church family, it's time. It's time for us to believe his word. It's time for believers to start believing what his word says. And during this time, we need to be reminded that we need God every hour of every day. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com. There's no way.